Hello, family, and welcome to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I am joined by my dear friend, Lena. Uh, Lena is a local group leader for IONS Las Vegas. She is a near-death experiencer, a spiritually transformative experiencer. We were just discussing before we started recording about the upgrade of the spiritual experience and how it really feels like we upgrade levels of our life through them. And so, Lena, I'm so grateful for your willingness to come out into this part of our community and share about your spiritual experiences. I'm going to toss it right over to you. Hi, thank you so much, Betty. Wow. Um, I feel so blessed to be here and to share the space with you. (laughs) Definitely part of my spiritual soul family. Um, Yeah, you know, it's like I've had these experiences and I'm still the same person that I used to be. But now it's like I've changed so much. afterwards and it's taken quite a while to actually you know integrate all those experiences and to really understand it you know but my life took a big turn in end of I want to say um December of 2013 I went on vacation with my kids and my family to Texas and from there um on the way back I actually got sick And what started off as a family vacation actually ended pretty tragically. Um, I ended up in the hospital because I couldn't breathe. And I didn't really, it was just a normal cold. So, but I guess I listened to this intuition, this gut feeling that said, go get checked out. And so I did. I went to the urgent care. They sent me to the hospital. And in the hospital, they admitted me. One thing led to another. Three days in. I recovered. And then out of nowhere, by that night, I took a downturn and I ended up in the ICU where I spent like the next five days in the ICU. And I had an experience. I woke up in spirits. But before I tell you that, what happened in my near-death experience, I want to give you a little bit of a background into who I was and why the experience that I had was so um was so meaningful and so um incredible. So before my experience, I was a mother. I had two children. I was married. Um, you know, I was surrounded by love. I have an in lo- large, large family, <laughs> lots of uh lots of family, relatives, friends. So I grew up in a very loving environment. Um, I had family and friends, everything. So life was good. But when I had my experience, I was also living a, a life that was really pleasing everybody in the world, except for myself. So I wasn't really living for me. And I don't know why I had the experience, because I was completely fine and completely healthy, completely normal. Um, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I was mostly a happy person. You know, I was loving life. I was a mother. <laughs> I had kids that I was absolutely in love with. And um, so when I had my experience, I was in the ICU for five days and I have almost zero memories of being there. But when I 
I woke, I woke up in just like I am right now with you, just completely myself. I woke up and I realized as I looked around that I was in the same space, but things were different. Um, as I looked down on my body, the way I'm sitting like this, I looked down on myself and I was completely clear. Everything about me, I could see my legs, my thighs, everything was clear like glass. Um, and it was interesting because I looked over to my right and I saw that I was sitting at the hospital bed where my body was laid. And I looked at my body and it was just literally my physical body shell was sitting right there. Actually, it was kind of like laying there like this, propped up a little bit. And there was no um, there was no connection or emotion to it. And it was just like, oh, there I am. But it was just like, oh, there's my clothes, like a lot of NDEers speak of, you know, um, seeing themselves, there's no, there's no attachment. Um, however, a voice started to talk to me. And this voice was kind of like a um, authoritative, motherly figure, like sound. And she says, Lena, you need to come back. You need to come back. Your kids are waiting for you. And you're the only one who can make that decision. So make the decision. And as this voice is talking to me, um, I look over to my left and I see my children. I see both my kids. And as I see them, it's almost like this excitement. And I like I turn back around and I look. And as I'm smiling, it's like I'm smiling in this light, like I cannot explain it. There's just this feel of light. It's fresh. It just feels calm and peace. And it's strange because I'm reminded at that moment that I'm feeling love because I remember feeling that kind of love for my kids. Um, when I'm like, when my kids were born, um, I thought I couldn't have kids. So when my kids were born, I was one of those moms that was just, I couldn't give my kids enough love. They literally napped on my chest. I was 24 seven around them. I was in love. I would feel love when I would look at them, when I would hold them, when they would fall asleep in my arms, I would feel such love. Um, I thought everybody felt that, but that's the kind of love, but really, really amplified that I felt in my near-death experience. It was almost like a recognition of it, but very amplified. Um, so it was a beautiful feeling. So I see my kids and the voice is still telling me, hey, Lena, gotta hurry up. You gotta make a decision, you know? And as this is saying, this time, my attention is diverted out into further out space that way. And as I look out that way, I notice that there is rows and rows of people sitting and and in the darkness, but I could still see them. So there's rows of people sitting in the darkness. And then, and as I look at them, I see that they're all sitting in prayer style, um, that they're all sitting in silence in prayer style, and they're all facing me and they're looking at me. And I can't hear their prayers, but I know that they're praying for me. And just knowing that, it just, it did something to my heart. It's just almost like this radiation of like love and appreciation and gratitude just filled me up as I looked at them. And 
as I looked at them, I noticed that where my attention and my awareness fell on each individual person, that person would essentially just like lift up and come closer. And as I they came closer, it was this like I didn't see them anymore. I saw that the light that they were because they turned into the light of a candle. It was just the most beautiful thing to see. It's just this light, you know, and then they would go back in another, go back in another. And although that was the extent of my near-death experience, because at some point I made a decision to come back. And I think that's where everything kind of got lost for me is because I don't remember making that decision. I know I had the decision, but I don't make, I don't remember making it. And I came back into my physical body. I'm assuming at such speed that I really do not recall it. I don't remember coming into my body. I don't remember waking up into my body. I don't even remember being awake and alive back into my body until, um, it was almost time for me to go home. Like I was released. I think I was released the same day, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But the strangest thing happened was that in this past one year since uh, my experience, um, I've had an opportunity to speak with my family, my ex-husband, and, you know, just ask them to share information and pieces about what happened that week. And, um, my ex-husband was kind enough to share a few pictures he had, he had taken of me. So while I was in the hospital, he had took several pictures. He took pictures of me in the hospital. He took picture of me on the third day when I was completely awake and fine, sitting just like this with my doctor. And then there was another funny thing, which was very interesting, is, is he took a picture of me eating a burger. And the reason why it's strange is because I have absolutely zero memory of this. I don't remember waking up. I don't remember talking. I don't remember asking for food. I don't remember eating it, any of it. But there's a picture of me, times and date stamped, and in the hospital eating a burger. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But I guess um, it took me several, several, several years to even figure out that that is called a near-death experience, that that what happened to me happens to others and that it's an actual thing. And that along with that kind of an experience comes after effects, you know, sensitivity and all the other things that come. So the next few years was very, very interesting and difficult because um, things started to happen and um, they call them gifts, but they're really not gifts at first when you're not aware they're gifts. Um, it felt more like curses because the sensitivities I was experiencing was almost destructive to my life. Um, my life fell apart. But at the same time, while I was falling apart, it was also rebuilding in the most incredible way. Did not know it then. But what I've realized now is that um, there was a portal open. There was a portal open and I'm thinking that there's a reason why I did not remember any of the waking up part is because it was almost like I was in an open portal because the near-death experience phenomenon that has been studied for over four years through IONS shows research and data that um, 
experiences of near-death experiences, most of them go through a tunnel and they see light and they see Jesus and they see all these other events, which in mine didn't happen. So I didn't associate or connect with having a near-death experience because I didn't go through that. But the strange thing is, is uh, three years later, three years later, I had a spontaneous spiritual awakening, um, an experience. And in that experience, I was actually really awoken. And I went through the tunnel and I had the most extraordinary experiences that I don't have the time to speak with here. But so much incredible stuff happened that when I came back is when I really realized, hold on a second, something happened to me, something is going on, something is different. And for the first few years, I was actually, I felt alone. Like, I didn't know what happened to me, didn't know that there was terminology, did not know that this happens to other humans. This was so profound, and it happened to me, and I didn't know what to do with it. I was consumed by it. I was in awe of it. I loved just being in the space of it because you can't leave. But I knew there was more to it. And uh, life, I guess, was happening. You know, the universe was guiding me, preparing me, and growing me all this time. And all the right people and the right resources started showing up. One of them, which was Ions, made such a huge, huge impact for me because when I found Ions, it was almost like my biggest struggle of being alone and feeling isolated and not understanding went away because now I have found so many incredible humans from different walks of life, from different backgrounds and different experiences. They all had the same exact similar experience as me, not the same picture, but the same experience. And that right there really changed my life because it really helped me understand and integrate it from a space of not looking at it as what it, what happened to me, but as a space of, okay, embracing it, you know, it's like, okay, this is what happened with me. How does this translate? How does this affect my life now? What do I do with it? You know, um, so this has been the journey since, and it really has been an incredible journey. And I am just feeling so loved and blessed to be able to now have a platform to share and talk about it. <laughs> Love you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that there is so much power in, you know, being open, authentic, vulnerable, and really sharing about our spiritual experiences. And I love that you talked about the connection that you felt with uh, finding your people at IONS. And, um, I'm going to try to put a little link above our heads and they'll, they'll definitely be one in the liner notes. Uh, our online platform we have open sharing groups on Sundays and Thursdays I don't know when you'll be watching this if it's many years in the future maybe this statement won't be true but Lena and I are always at the Sunday morning groups uh pretty regularly like uh, almost religiously and, and we've found a beautiful community of people that we connect with on a weekly basis and um 
Lena's also going to be sharing at the IONS conference. Again, I will attempt to put a link here, but there will be one below us as well. And uh, and that's this year, 2023 in Washington, D.C., which is huge, you know, and it's just really beautiful to watch both of us grow with this organization and <laughs> to really step into our spiritual power. Um, and yeah, I thank you so much for your willingness to come out and share. And I, yeah, so some stuff came up for me while you were sharing, let's, let's get into a dialogue with one another, shall we? And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, like you touched on it a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit more about like your family's reaction to your experiences, especially this last experience, this spiritually transformative experience. Uh, I think a lot of people that, that come into spiritual awareness, they have a, they experienced like a challenge with um, feeling like they fit in and especially like in family dynamics, uh, like feeling like they're like the black sheep of the family all of a sudden because they have this new awareness. So can you talk a little bit about your integration process with having your family accept you, you accepting your family after these experiences, all that stuff? Oh my God, Betty, you need like a week for that kind of conversation. <laughs> that's That's been like, Ah, um, well, it's got two sides, okay, with like anything. Uh, First of all, I want to say that I am so grateful and so blessed because my life truly has been blessed. And um, I had a really good positive experience. I had an incredible experience. So, and I have an incredible family, so much love, so much connection, like seriously, like my family and I are so close that um, I have one sister, three brothers, parents, kids, and literally we probably eat at least five, six meals a week together. It's like we just love and enjoy being together. It is incredible. But there's been challenges, a lot of challenges. And the challenges were me, you know, it's like, I came back so sensitive. Everything about me was sensitive. I was different and I didn't know it. So I was very, very reactive, you know, you know, and it's hard to not be reactive when you don't know what you're going through, but you're going through it. And it's just, you know, so yes, I was very, very reactive and, um, I always tell my family, I'm like, I love my family so much. They've put with so they've put up with so much of my trying to figure stuff out. And they've been so kind and loving back. And um the challenges is where even though they love me, they embrace me. It's in the most profound way, but they look at me kind of almost like maybe. And this is just my words. I'm not saying that that's what they're saying, but I feel like they almost look at me like poor me, like kind of maybe broken, you know, like lost a little because, and I don't blame them. Looking back the past 10 years has been crazy because it's almost like I see myself, it's almost like this, you know, on one hand, I'm becoming unhinged and falling apart, you know, moving, my marriage fell apart you know, things, life just broke apart. Five of really incredible relationships that I held so sacred and dear in my heart, people I truly, truly loved, really just, you know, fell apart and broke. And 
I was forced to look at myself like, how is it that I feel so much love because my experience was truly awestrucking, like beautiful? How is it that I could be so consumed and feel so much love, but irritate and repel my family so bad to where they're so damn annoyed by it that my relationships were falling apart and breaking? You know, I couldn't understand that. So it really made me go within and try to really like, what's wrong with me? So I tried to find answers. Why, why was this all happening? And also at the same time, trying to integrate what was happening with me. So there was this merging of who I thought based on what everybody's reaction of me was to who I felt like I was coming back, you know, and bringing that together. And that has taken me on a 10 year journey of finding me learning about who I am, because I had no idea who Lena was, because Lena was mom, Lena was wife, Lena was mom, you know, daughter, and I was everybody's cheerleader, everybody's, you know, let me fix and let me do, you know, so I had no really identity, so, and then when everybody looked at me, like, you know, so I really had to look in, and in that process, I've gotten to grow internally from the inside, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and, you know, it's like, wow, you know, there's this person that's emerging and I'm recognizing the beauty that is within all of us, not just me, you know, and I want to understand why when I looked at everybody um, in my near-death experience and I saw them up as light, you know, I saw them as light through my purity and my space, in my space of you know, oneness with the divine, you know, I was in a space of love, you know, I was consumed by love, I was radiating love, I was, I was clear, there was the, the physical Lena, humanly, I was outside of me for a moment. So the spiritually, the, 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 the higher self me or whoever the spiritual terminology that we all speak, that part of me saw everybody as light. And it was almost like, we reflected light. So when I came back, it was almost like I was still having that issue of seeing light and being light, but not being recognized at it. So through this journey of understanding who I am, I got to understand the meaning of that and embrace myself and embrace everybody around me and understand that we all have that light within us. But we're also carrying this, this uniform, this human, you know, that has all these emotions and thoughts and things and that we carry with so I don't know it's 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 been a journey um every day seems to get better you know like I learn me and understand me better and then through that I'm able to save I'm able to extend that same space and grace for everybody in my life because you know it's the only way you could do it so yeah it's 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 been a beautiful struggle, but it's still it's still an evolving journey. You know, part of me speaking, part of me sharing, is also for the benefit of me in my own family and friend, and understanding that I'm still me, but I'm just a different version of me, and I'm just trying to show that version of me. I love that. I love what you're saying, and you know what I was I was reflecting on my own my own journey because you know they're so paralleled. Even if they're not the same, like spiritual experience or you know anything like that, we don't have the same backstory. We don't. I, none, none of our story is actually the same, but it is because it's about the uncovering of the most authentic version of ourselves. And you know, for me, I also didn't have an identity. 
when I came back from my spiritual experience because I didn't have an identity in life. The same way that you're saying that like your identity was like wife, mother, daughter, sister, you know, my identity was like other things like, you know, addict, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and having to design that authentic version of myself at first, I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, how did I make it through 35 years of life? And I have no idea who I am. And then I just like twisted that thought around. And I was like, wow, I don't know who I am. That is awesome. Now I get to design it, you know, like, and it's such creative freedom. And I hear that in what you're saying too. You know, I hear like this woman, like taking charge and like standing in your spiritual truth and becoming who you're meant to be. And, you know, like, I, and I just, I love that about this journey. And that's where I see the parallel between us. And, and it's so cool because our lives could not be more different. And still we're like experiencing the same uncovering together and, uh, and we get to do it with each other, which is even more exciting. Yeah. Um, so I want to reflect if, if you will, and you don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but, um, I know that you were raised in a Muslim household and I would like to hear a little bit about how your religion has affected your spiritual experiences, how your spiritual experiences affected your religion. Betty, Betty, you have the most deepest of questions. I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Um, that's going to be a very, very interesting topic as well. And I'll tell you why. Because um, growing up Muslim, you know, and then growing up Muslim in America, it's like, whoa, it's already difficult. So um, through my journey and through my experience after all these, you know, in the my near-death experience and spiritually transformative experience and that deep dive of discovering who I was and what the hell is going on and all that, and now starting to make sense, um, something else just blossomed for me. Last year, um, I attended the IONS conference for the first time where I met you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, it was almost like peeling the onion another deeper layer you know it's like these other layers of me started to open up you know I um I found PMH at Waters and I realized that oh children have near-death experiences too not just adults right so I was like okay let me see if my crazy childhood makes sense because my childhood was crazy I never fit in I questioned too much I felt like I was always in a la-la land and you know, looking at the sky and having questions about the universe. I thought that was normal for every child, but apparently it's not. But, and then um, I was also that kid that questioned religion very much. I questioned religion a lot. And in Islam, you don't question at least. And again, I want to say before I continue, everything is from my perception, my perception of Islam, my perception, my experience of religion, my experience of, you know, what I've been exposed to and things I've heard. But from what I heard and what I was exposed to and experienced in Islam is you don't question, you don't question, you don't ask, you don't compare yourself, you don't, you don't go there. We were not even really... Yeah, so it's very sacred. So religion to me signified something outside of me. When I had my experiences, I realized that it was from the inside, not from the outside. So that was really hard to grapple with. But the discovery that I made is I actually had a near-death experience at birth. So and the reason why that's important is because 
That is the reason why growing up as a child, I was a kid that was always rebellious and that asked a lot of questions because I guess not even though I wasn't consciously awake, I was to know the difference between questioning. So I had some memory. But now, you know, fast forward now after my spiritually transformative experience, which was again, um, it, it's taken me 10 years. No, not since 2017. It's taken me, God, a lot of years to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because religion had a role in my experience. In my STE, um, I was I had an experience where I was in the presence of both Jesus and Muhammad. Um, and when I came back from that experience, it that experience was so profound on a spiritual level because I got it. But when I came into the human side and in my human brain tried to think about it, it stepped on every bit of religion. It stepped on religion's tiptoes. And it scared me to even think about it and talk about it. So I haven't shared much about it. Um, but it's been an experience. It's really affected me and caused me to take a more in-depth, deeper look. And it has caused me to, um, I knew much about Muhammad because I grew up as a Muslim, but I had nothing, I knew nothing about Jesus. And I knew nothing about the Trinity. Like it didn't make sense to me, you know, the Holy Father, Spirit, and the Ghost. But um, the beauty is after my experience, part of the journey of trying to look in and trying to understand myself, that was another part of me that became um, an awareness. So I got a deep dive into Jesus and Joshua, and I got to experience life from the perspective of, you know, Jesus. So, um, you know, I went through all the spiritual stuff, like um, A Course in Miracles. I went through that, like drinking water after being thirsty. I like, I drank that, you know, like it was just... It was so soothing to hear and learn and read the um, Course in Miracles and a lot of the other fine texts that I've been exposed to. But it's been a beautiful journey. And, you know, um, and I'm blessed to have what I feel is a more grounded, grounded understanding experience, at least a space to where I can now um, start moving forward from a space of embracing religion all of religion, every religion and God and spirituality. So that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I am so grateful for your willingness to come and share about things that you've never shared about before. Thank you for talking about that, you know, and just your willingness to serve our community. And, and you do such a beautiful job already serving the community at Ions. And this is another level of service coming on the podcast and sharing your spiritual truth with the audience. So I've really enjoyed the time that we've had together. I just want to make some space for you to share anything else that you might feel called to before we end our session today. Oh my God. You know what? Gratitude. Honestly, I have such gratitude because um, there was a time afterwards where I felt very, very alone. I felt very lost and very alone. And since um, the universe has sent me so much love, so many incredible people and beautiful souls um, and just ignited that within myself as well. So I'm able to be that for the people in my life. Um, but look at you, like 
Betty, I really do. I, I love you. I mean, I met you and I instantly recognized you. Like, it's like I knew you forever. And in this past one year, we've grown so, so much together. And I've seen you grown so much. It's just been, you're like blooming like a flower, you know? And like you said, we spend a lot of time volunteering for ions sharing groups. And I feel like that has been the biggest gift, you know? Um, I, I, I volunteer, I serve, you know, and in that service, I gain so much, you know, I've built a beautiful community, um, seeing you, having you in my life and all these other people has been a blessing. So I, I'm just grateful for being here. And I feel like this right here is the gift. Thank you so much. I, I love you endlessly. I'm so grateful for your willingness to share again. And uh, all right, we'll see you at the next time. Thanks so much. Be wavy.